Welcome to the Blonde Runner podcast with Coach Laura Erickson, where she shares her healthy living tips as a running and triathlon coach and mother of four. Hello, friends. Coach Laura here, and I wanted to talk about tracking your vitals and health metrics today. Uh, this is something that I do regularly. I, I think it is really valuable because it gives you a picture of your overall health. It can also alarm you to if there's something going on that you need to know about. Um, vitals and metrics, It you know, there's a lot out there. I can tell you what I do and I want to share some of the things that I think are really important to do. And uh, some of the reasons I think that this is good for you, not only does it give you an overall view of your health, but again, it can alarm you to things that aren't right. So I think that's really important. In this, uh, other things that I would suggest making sure you're having done are any pre-screenings. Uh, so for women, pap smears and breast exams. For men, the prostate, uh, checking that. And then, you know, colonoscopies, those kind of things that we should be getting as preventive, including like dental care every six months and having our eyes checked every year. All these things are good. Uh, they can help catch things early if something's going on. Because there are some preventable diseases um, that can be lifestyle modified. For instance, not everybody that gets diabetes is uh, necessarily can it be preventable per se. But if there are signs that something's going on, it can prevent further damage. So I think that's something. It's good to get. I always have mine screened just because I'm borderline on that. I've had uh, gestational diabetes. So every year for my around my birthday, I have just a general physical done. Even though I'm fairly good shape and in good condition, it gives me an idea of kind of where I'm at and like, is anything changing? That helps. And in time, things do change. Your body changes over time with aging. And we'll talk more about that on this podcast. But I just want to go through another reason that I like to track my vitals is because it just, I'm kind of a perfectionist person. And so for me, it helps me kind of as a win, you know, because my, my weight's always been pretty good. I have a, a good blood pressure and those kind of things, but it, it kind of is like, it's a re it's reassuring for me. So some of the things that I track regularly are my resting heart rate. Actually, um, and there's a lot of tools that you can use for different things. I'm going to suggest some of the ones I use. And if you're listening in, you may know that there's some things that you use that you love please send those my way. Please uh, leave a comment or message me or whatever. And so I can learn what those things are. And I like to share things that other people use as well. So my Garmin Forerunner watch actually tracks my heart rate for me. So I can look at, uh, there's just a button I push and I can look at what my heart rate has been overnight. Uh, it will also track some of my sleep numbers, which is really valuable. Um, well, I will say it's very ballparkish though. I wouldn't say it's hundred percent accurate, but it's better than nothing. And it is still pretty good. It's like Watts on a bike. It bounces around, right? So, um, it, but it does give you a general idea. You're going up or you're going down and same for weight. We'll talk about that more. Um, Another thing that I really like that the watch particularly tracks is my VO2 max. So it it calculates VO2 max for cycling and for running. And I'm always happy with those numbers usually because it indicates an, you know, an, an area of fitness that I'm in. And it relates it to all the other people that are getting metrics done. So it tells me what I am for my percentage for my age. And that's always really good for so it makes me feel good. Like, you know, I'm doing pretty good, especially for my age. And 
I think that that's valuable information. That just kind of gives me a boost. Um, and it lets me know where I need to work a little harder. You know, if I'm not making, it's not as high as I wanted it to be, then I'm not making the progress I need in training. Then it helps me and encourages me to do better. Um, another thing that I like to track is body composition. Now, I do like to talk about body weight as well. And I think it's really important to track those numbers, not necessarily so regularly that you can get discouraged. Some people get really discouraged by a weight number, especially ladies. Sometimes, you know, we're just a little too sensitive about that number. That number is not our value. Um, but the reason that I like to track my weight and things is because it gives me an idea if I'm going the wrong direction. You know, if I haven't eaten as well as I'd like, then obviously my number's going to go up and I don't like to see that. And so it keeps me on track better. If you, you know, a lot of people don't like to go to the doctor. They don't like to like really see those numbers because it's not what they want and it's discouraging. And I totally understand that. But part of it is being real with yourself. If you're not willing to be real and to understand what's really going on, you're not going to be able to make the changes or difference. And sometimes it's a hard it's a hard thing to learn. Like, oh, I am up a few pounds, right? I need to work on that. But it's much better to learn that you're a few pounds up than, oh, I'm 10 or 20 or 30 pounds up, right? And it feels very much like a mountain that you have to try to, you know, lose that kind of weight versus a molehill, a little bit of change and trying to self-correct a little sooner. So I think that number is valuable. With weight, I work with a lot of people that are trying to lose weight, which is awesome. But I don't like them to look at just weight. Um, I like them to work more on body composition change. So a lot of times we can be doing everything right, especially when we're just starting out and that weight number, maybe it changes at first. And then we kind of hit a plateau six weeks in and nothing's changing. Um, and often what's happening at that time, even when we're doing the right things, we're eating right, we're, we're weight training, we're doing our cardio, we're doing things right, we're eating in moderation, uh, we're cutting out the the junky carbs, the sugary foods, right? But our weight doesn't change. And often what's happening is we're putting on muscle at the same time as we're losing weight. So we're losing muscle or uh, excuse me, we're losing fat at the same time we're putting on muscle. And so what happens is nothing changes on the scale and it's discouraging because nothing's changing, but our body is changing, right? Our, our clothes fit differently. They're fitting looser. And that all needs to be taken into consideration when it comes to body composition change. You know, the only way you really know if your body is changing, you can, of course, is take measurements. That helps a lot. Um, there's You can go online, look at what measurements you should be taking. Another thing that you will, might want to consider is I like the Tanita scale. Um, I will be posting something to my website or um, you can always send me a message and I'll give you a link to this, the scale I like, but it does body composition. You stand on it. It's by electrical impedance. It gives you a ballpark idea of how much fat your, your body is, the visceral fat, um, which is the fat around the tissues, higher visceral fat, uh, rate or numbers indicate that you're more at risk for like heart disease and things like that. So but it gives you those numbers. So it gives you an idea of kind of where you're at. And again, there there is a ballpark because you can weigh yourself and do your body composition on the scale in the morning. And then at night, it's a little bit different numbers. But for the most part, over time, it's showing if you're going up or you're going down. But it is really valuable because if you're starting to lean up and your body weight isn't changing, but your composition, like you dropped a percent body fat. Oh, yeah, okay, I totally am. It gives you another number to indicate how well you're doing. 
Um, I know a lot of with my athletes, one of the first things I do is usually have them do a timed mile at the track. Uh, one of the factors I think in staying motivated is seeing progress. So when they time themselves at first, and maybe it's not the number they want, maybe they're slower than they want to be, but that's okay because in a month's time when they do it again or every two weeks or whatever, however, whatever frequency you decide and you're faster, it's motivating. So I like these numbers, even if they don't look good, right? When you're first starting, it's good to have the beginning numbers to say, well, I lost, you know, 50 pounds, right? Because you have to know that initial number. A lot of people don't like to stand on the scale. And maybe you're listening and you're like, well, you don't understand, lady. You're, I'm like 400 pounds and I can't even, I don't have a scale that will work for me. Um, and I know it's, you know, it is hard. I, I can't possibly understand completely. I have lost 50 pounds four times over with having babies. I don't know what it's like to lose 200 pounds, but I can say, or 300 or whatever you've got to lose. Uh, the fact is it needs to happen. And if you can get those numbers and then see progress or have some accountability to yourself, um, they, I know there are scales. If you go in, uh, to, a, you know, a, a facility, like, I don't know, uh, I know when I worked for the hospital, they had a scale that was, you could, we put people on a wheelchair, you know, and then subtract the weight of the wheelchair. And so it's a large scale. So some of these facilities may have that and they would probably be very accommodating and allow you to, to weigh yourself, um, and get help. Don't be afraid. I know it, it is hard, but even if you, the best thing to do is prevent it, right? Prevent getting to that point where it's so difficult, but, um, and keeping ourselves on track sooner and it's very helpful. I know, like I said, I go every year to the doctor and, um, I have been within a pound of my weight every time I've gone in and I, and that takes some work. You know, I am watching these numbers to help myself and, but I'm really careful because some days I'm a little more sensitive about it than other days. And part of that just is fluctuation with hormones and feelings and things that we deal with as women and men too. Um, and so I know if I'm going to be really crushed knowing that number is going to be a little higher. I just, what I tell myself is, okay, I'm not going to look because it's just going to get me down. So I'm going to work really hard this week and I'm going to measure myself on Sunday and see how, how well I've done this week. Or I'm going to try to get it back to where I think it should be. Um, and so you know, whatever things that you have to use to motivate yourself, that's why I do the numbers is to keep myself, um, you know, just in tune with what my body is doing and to keep me motivated. Um, other things that I monitor are I do periodic blood testing and that's through, um, let's see what it's called. Oh, I, um, oh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, I'll, I'll come back to it cause I know I have it written here on my paper, but we'll come back to that and I'll talk about that a little bit more. And then I also uh, monitor my nutrients, which, um, I do track my food, not every single day. And there are some people that do really, really that really religiously, which is great. That isn't really my style. What I'll do is periodically track. And I do have, you know, I think humans are kind of habitual. So I have certain foods that I really like to eat. And so I will, if I'm trying to understand like how healthy I did that day, I will actually track it all. I use my fitness pal. I think that's a really good option. I know there's some other ones out there. There's some, there is a free portion of that. Um, or you could pay for, I never pay for it, but, um, I just do the, the free version and it gives me enough information. But if you really want to dive into that and really understand what you're eating and how you're doing on nutrients, that's the thing to do. Um, this is one of the reasons that, you know, supplementation can be very valuable. And I know I've talked about those kind of things. Um, 
So again, I use my fit, my um, Garmin for runner. I use that for resting heart rate sleep and it gives me those VO2 max numbers. Also gives me my resting heart rate. If you don't have a watch that does this for you or an app or things like that, um, I would suggest you can just take it in the morning. Resting heart rate can be done when you first get up in the morning. Make sure your, you know, your alarm didn't just go off. Just, you know, relax. And then I usually just do the a pulse in the neck with the two fingers. You don't want to use the thumb. It has its own pulse, but use those two fingers and then just count for a minute. That would be your resting heart rate. Um, a good resting heart rate is usually between 60 and 100. I would say closer to 60. Mine's fairly low. Uh, I, I, mine's between 38 and 42, which is pretty low. And the reason why is because I'm an endurance athlete. And so my heart, um, is strong. And so it pumps that blood a little easier so it doesn't need as many beats um but if you can work to 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 lowering that number um maybe not as low like mine is fairly low it's normal for me but i wouldn't say that's normal for everyone so but how do you know if it is normal for you if you don't even know that number so i would say give it give it a shot try it and and just track it I track it every week. I see it every day on my watch, so that's really nice. But I usually write down those numbers every week, so I'm able to see, you know. Um, oftentimes, if you see that it's elevated, that could indicate that you're really stressed. Obviously, that affects cortisol and all these other hormones. And it's not good to say stressed all the time. So maybe you need to do some more meditation or relaxation. Or it's indicating you might be getting sick. You might have a virus or something that you just haven't seen the impact yet. You know, um, temperature is another one. I don't monitor my temperature. However, that would be really easy to do. Um, I know if there are fluctuations in temperature, that can also indicate that you're getting sick. So that's some, a vital. Some people do. Um, that's great. Respiratory rate is another one. Some people do. And that would not be hard to check while you're doing your resting heart rate. Basically, you just count how many uh, breaths you take a minute. Uh, average is 12 to 18. Um, one of the other indicators I really like to use is oxygen saturation. I use a, um, the, you know, the pulse oxometer and it, you know, it's the thing you put on your finger. If you've ever been to hospital, they put the little thing on your finger and then they'll tell you how, um, you know, how, how much oxygen you're getting between 95 and hundred percent is obviously good numbers. If it's lower, you know, a lot of people with COVID, they were having some pretty low numbers. It's a bad sign. Um, obviously, you're not getting the air that you need um, or the oxygen that you need. One of the things I like to use that for, so I have a little one that goes on my finger, and uh, is when I do meditation. I like to see if I can get that number up to 100%. It's tough. It's tough to get it there, but when I'm taking deep breaths, and I think that's really, it's like, it's really good to just take the time to have some deep breathing. It's not only meditative, but you're really oxygenating your blood for a good 10 minutes, like really getting the number up. And so I kind of like to do that. That's kind of fun for me. Um, again, like I do, uh, the, the blood testing. Let me see if I, it's, it's called inside tracker. I don't know why I couldn't remember that, but if you use the code run blonde, you can get a discount. And I do have a link for that, but that's 25% off. And what's really cool about the blood testing is it, they look at all kinds of different factors. So they do look at your nutrient levels and they can give you like cholesterol and, uh, you know, iron, everything that you would need. And they have different tests that you can order. This is something that you can do. They'll send you stuff. You could do it 
or you can go somewhere and have it done and they'll, you know, put an order in, but they have an app and you can check, you know, numbers and you can, and, you know, they have suggestions on when to retest, but it could be really valuable. It's just kind of fun to see. I don't know. I've always been interested in like, what is, what is the body doing? You know, where are my numbers? Why or am I here? And what can I do to improve? So that's that inside tracker is kind of a cool, cool, um, option for you with blood tests. Um, they also do another one where you can find out your history, your, um, like who you're related to. That's really, really cool too. I haven't done that one yet, but that's on my list. Um, another device that I like to use is called, um, uh, Lumen. That is a little device that I breathe into and then it measures, uh, my expelled air and, and determines what, what I'm using at that time. Like, am I using sugar? Am I using fat? Am I, it's your, it's basically tracks what your metabolism is doing. And so it's kind of interesting. The more, obviously the better I eat and the, the more I'm burning fat too. And so that kind of helps me establish what I'm having for breakfast. If I'm burning, you know, a lot of carbohydrate, then that's, I could have, obviously I'm burning carbohydrate at that time, but it does, it just changes how I will fuel a workout. So I do have more information on that on my website. So you can check that out, but that is a really cool tool. Um, just all these little things we, you know, when we used to test our metabolism, we had to hook up to a major thing and lay there for hours. Now it literally takes me 10 seconds and I hold my breath, you know, then I expel it's, it's just like less than a minute and I can know what my numbers are and what, where my metabolism is at. And it talks to, you know, it does go into a lot of educational components of that app. And then you're trying to gain more metabolic flexibility is what it's called, but check that out if you haven't like, uh, learned about metabolic flexibility. So I think that's really valuable. Um, another thing, so I did talk about my fitness pal. Another thing that I really like is to keep a, a training log. So I use Training Peaks for that with all my athletes. Um, that is a great online tool. They also have an app. But that way you're able to really see what you're really doing. I think a lot of people think, yeah, yeah, I exercise really good. But when you actually track it and you see what you're doing, you can also measure your progress and see where, when, you know, if you're racing really well, obviously you can look at your training and see what you did. I think it's nice to keep a record. This also helps me t fine tune my nutrition plan for my races. Uh, it just gives me a place to talk about how I'm doing there. Um, I like to keep what's called a gratitude journal and also a, a success journal. And we'll probably talk more about that on this podcast. But um, I like to record the things that I'm doing well in training, the things I need to work on, the goals that I'm working towards. Any kind of tracking of progress usually yields more, uh, more progress. So... That's why I like to keep numbers. That's why I, you know, like to look at all these things to see what I can do to improve it. Um, but I think it's, it is valuable not to get like overly concerned about some of these things. And if obviously there's a concern, a number doesn't look right, then you need to take note. Um, and the other thing I wanted to say is there are regular numbers for you. So body mass index is another often utilized, um, you know, I don't know if you'd call it a vial or metric number that it relates to your health. Basically it takes your age and your, your gender and your height and your, your weight and every, all of that into consideration and basically gives you a number, uh, 
But I will say there are people that are super, super fit that uh, look like they're overweight or obese on that BMI scale. And part of it's just because they have so much muscle for their height. Like, I think if Arnold Schwarzenegger, I think I heard something about this when he did it, he was like considered extremely obese or something. And so it has to be relative. Obviously, that doesn't make sense, right? But he's super thick. And I wouldn't say a lot of people have that kind of muscle mass. But you do have to consider build. And I think that's important. And your own individuality. For instance, when I said my, you know, my resting heart rate is low. I have a 38 to 42 I had neck surgery in college. I had a cyst removed. It was kind of blocking my airway. Had that removed and uh, that's when I realized I never really tracked my numbers so much then, but as I do now, but that's everybody who's coming in looking at my heart rate. They couldn't believe it. They didn't see, they couldn't imagine someone not sick with that low of heart rate. And that's when I realized I had that, but that was normal for me. Again, that may not be normal for you. Another thing I like to tell people is, um, a lot of people that I train for running races and things, we use a lot of like, um, you know, if you ever use any of the formulated plans, sometimes they'll figure out what you need to do at the track based on, you know, previous results of your races, which may not actually be what you're capable of. It may be just what you've done because you didn't believe in anything more or you hadn't done the right kind of training. And so I'd, I'd be careful with some of these generalized numbers because they may not work for you. For instance, for me, my average heart rate for half marathon is between 182 and 185. Like I keep my heart rate that high for over an hour and a half in a half marathon. That's normal for me. That isn't normal for everyone else. There are some people that I've worked with that when they get in the 160s, they feel like they're going to pass out and that's normal for them. So every, you know, when you use some of these generalized numbers or charts, it may not be ideal for you. So I think this is when you, when you track these numbers and you understand your own numbers, you know, the reason I know those numbers and I'm not alarmed when my watch says, Oh, I'm at 180 in the race or 185. I know I can hold that. I've done it before. So it gives me an indication that, you know, I'm okay with where for me. So I think these numbers are valuable for you to understand yourself and what is normal for you. Same with blood pressure. You know, that's another good metric that I do quite often. My my husband takes his a lot, so I just end up taking mine too. And it's interesting. I've always had pretty good numbers there. Um, but 120 over 80 is the normal, but you need to find out what your normal is. And obviously sometimes that can be something you maybe have to take medication for, or you have to change your lifestyle. Um, I do notice one of the things he says, and I've heard this from others, is when he does exercise, his blood pressure is much better like for many days, like it has a lasting impact more for far more than medication. I know some people need the medication as well. Um, he takes his when he needs it, but, um, that's something to consider. Exercise does make a big impact in terms of all these health numbers and metrics and things. Um, but obviously keeping it in check, there are people that go overboard on exercise too. So it's, it's just valuable to find what your normal is and, um, these, these are good things to take. So I highly encourage you to, to maybe a few of these numbers. You don't maybe have to take quite as many as I like to take, but find a way to record it and document. Um, I know if, if you're, if you have that accountability, even with just the basic weight, maybe go with what you have now. And then over time, just seeing where that, what direction you're heading, is it the right direction, the direction you want to head and create some more accountability for yourself. So hopefully that was helpful for you. Until next time, live well.
Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Healthy Living Podcast. Be sure and check the show notes for resources or links that we mentioned in the show. You can also find them on my website at blonderunner.com. B-L-O-N-D-E-R-U-N-N-E-R.com. You can also find me on Instagram at the blonde runner with an E and coach Laura Erickson. And that's L-O-R-A. Before you forget, I hope that you will um, follow this podcast and like it so you don't miss an episode. Also, it really helps if you leave a review so other people can find it um, and share it with your friends. Until next time, live well.